Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3. The new progressive wage market accreditation scheme will be launched in the second half of this year here in Singapore. And employers must pay all local workers. That includes Singaporeans and permanent residents at least the local qualifying salary that is $1,400 and follow any relevant progressive wage models to be accredited. Uh, it was announced in this year's budget statement that from March next year, companies with any workers in a sector or occupation with a progressive wage model will need to have the progressive wage mark in order to take on government contracts. Here to tell us more, we have Zaki Hussein, a Singapore editor of The Straits Times. Zaki, Hello. Hi, hi. Okay, now the new progressive wage mark accreditation scheme will be launched in the second half of this year and that comes on top of the coming expansion of the progressive wage model. What will this entail and actually who will benefit from this? So I think the large group of uh, lower wage workers, I think the bottom 20 to 30 percent of workers, uh, many of whom uh, have had you know, their wages depressed uh, in the face of uh, uh, alternative uh, options um, will, I think, stand to benefit from these moves. And this 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 isn't just a one-off thing. It comes on the back of several years, uh, almost a decade of the progressive wage model being rolled out, where wage increases for lower income, traditionally lower income jobs, cleaning, landscaping, and so on, are kind of built in and structured. And there's a framework that workers and companies can look forward to uh, that ties wage increases with uh, skills upgrading. And I think this is sort of the next step in, in sort of uh, the shift to ensure that such workers are adequately supported, you know, so they earn a more sustainable wage, but at the mm-hmm. same time uh, are able to save for retirement and uh, I guess uh, you know, help um, benefit also from Singapore's growth. And Zakir, you mentioned there a more sustainable wage, but uh, Minister of State for Manpower, Zaki Mohammed, also said in Parliament that this goes beyond uplifting wages and that the government also wants to encourage employers to pay more attention to other aspects of the well-being of our lower-wage workers. Can you elaborate a little bit more? What exactly did he say? So I think he mentioned that you know there's sort of uh, room to ensure uh, more sustainable um, rest areas, mm-hmm. for instance, as well as uh, opportunities for them to reskill and upskill. And so at we're the talking same time, training. Yes, training as well. And this includes making sure they've got time off from work to participate in training that literally uh, might see them exit the jobs they're currently doing, mm-hmm. but eventually, you know, making more sustainable incomes for their families. Zakir, more Singaporeans have been joining sectors like PWMs, like security and landscape. How much more wage growth can we expect to see mm. in, uh, in sectors under this model? So I think you know, if you look at some of the wage letters that have been put out publicly, I think the, the increases we can expect are, are quite substantial. I mean, you're talking about a $1,000 to a $1,200 wage increase by 2030, say. Of course, that's tied on you know, to, to things like training, automation of certain tasks. So it's not just a sort of you know, lump sum increase every year, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the worker is actually doing a lot more that you know, to justify that wage increase. 
Mm. Now, other than that, let's look at um, flexi work. I understand more support uh, for flexi work was also discussed during the budget debate today. Can we take it as a sign that the government is actually encouraging uh, flexible work arrangements to continue to be in place despite the loosening of pandemic measures? You know, hybrid work is said to be the norm post-pandemic. For instance, uh, working mums or even uh, adults with caregiving responsibilities, say for older parents or, or siblings, I think many of them have benefited from flexi work arrangements during the pandemic. And I think as we go back to, you know, working from the office, I think for many companies as well as employers, the idea of what's possible remotely or in hybrid form uh, has expanded quite significantly. And given given it's an employee's market, I think companies will find that maybe they might have no choice to, mm. to adjust mm. and adopt. And I was just going to ask, Zakir, you know, while this was discussed during the budget debate, it's really up to the employers, isn't it, whether or not they want to implement flexible working arrangements. So to what extent can this be implemented on a wider scale or put in force for corporates to perhaps follow or become more flexible on a permanent arrangement for, as you mentioned, employees who have caregiving responsibilities or working mums? Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there was a hint um, although not all the details were, were rolled out, there, there did seem to be a hint that the government's not about to legislate flexi work at the moment. Uh, there were MPs who suggested things like mandatory breastfeeding breaks or a law against after-hours SMSs from your boss. Um, but they'll but they'll look at equipping employers to kind of strike a balance. So I think what you might you might get incentives, you might get rewards for companies that encourage okay. some of that. But yeah. I think. But I think the best sign would be whether the employees actually stay with the employer. But there are, um, there are other aspects, I think, that need to be looked into as well. Because when you're working from, it's not just you not coming into the office. We have issues yeah. like, for example, I think, uh, workplace insurance, etc. Right. There's electricity use. Mm-hmm. Uh, if at home, on the way to, like, you're going from a laptop to your own bathroom, you slip. Is that a workplace incident or not? Do you, are you covered under the workplace insurance, um, etc.? So I'm, I'm not sure how much um, is being looked into on, on all these different important aspects if flexi work were to become uh, a lot more permanent here. That's right, yeah. So I think a lot of these issues are still uh, to be worked out. And I think that that's part of the challenge um, if you know they were to move with legislation. Mm-hmm. And I think the approach we might see could be a bit like uh, we've seen for the progressive wage model. Um, it took well over a decade for have this in place in a few large sectors uh, before making it a bit more formal and, and mandating it. Mm, okay. Yeah, but as you said, it is it is an employee's market out there today. And I think we're seeing a trend mm. of this, uh, not just in Singapore, but uh, elsewhere around the world as well. You know, like how if if the employee can't get what they want, sorry, we can't help the company grow. Mm. Right. That's, that's sort <laughs> that's of the right. attitude yeah. that a lot of people are yeah. doing right yeah. now. All right, Zakir, thank you very much uh, for that. Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.